0: outlined how accounting practices Good fuck. Of what? Did not what, what kind of likeness, the likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'll be in a museum one I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now
1: Right, the boys are back for another episode of Gutter Boys. It's Gutter Boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins, the outs, the highs, and the very deep, endless lows of making comics. I'm your host, JB, with my co-host, Cam. On this episode, we're joined with our special guest this evening, you, the listener.
2: Yeah, it's our anniversary. It's uh, four years, dude. Isn't that crazy? Four fucking years. Four years too long, but four years.
1: Yeah, I don't like to think about it.
2: Yeah, it doesn't feel like, yeah, it doesn't feel like we've been making this podcast for four years, but then sometimes it feels like 40,000 years. (laughs) Yeah. Admittedly, you know, I guess like the first year we weren't super regular. I think we got like one a month out, but you know, uh, we've been pretty regular since the pandemic and that's like three years running. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's all for you folks, but that Patreon is dwindling a little down. Uh, We're hovering above 650. And uh, we need more money. So, (laughs) patreon.com forward slash gutterboys or gutterboys.top. This is what happens. Discord's gone. You don't want the show gone. This is what happens. The Discord's gone.
1: (laughs) When you got a bunch of new podcasts and they're all doing the same thing, they're all talking about the same people. And uh, now there's really no need for us anymore. It's kind of nice, actually. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, like, it feels pressure-free. I don't think that we're going to change the format of the show, but who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll. JB did just do a four-hour episode <laughs> yesterday for Patreon, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not on that one, folks. But um, Josh Pettinger was on uh, the last one, and uh, we've got uh, Nick Farrell on next week's Patreon. JB uh, got him to talk toys. I'm sure you've heard us uh, drop his name on here before, but he is a uh, toy freak and uh, was a director, I believe, on The Toys That Made uh, Us. Yeah, uh, editor. Editor, yeah. okay, yeah, an editor on that show. So I'm sure the boys got up to some high jinks. And um, another cool thing is, is uh, with us being around for so fucking long, there is a vault of content on our Patreon. Episodes with, I'd say, about half the guests that have shown up on the show uh, that are on the premium feed. Some real talk, some dumbass shit. Uh, there's something for everybody. So, uh, you know, if you want to subscribe for a month and binge listen and get it out of your system, that's always an option as well.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right, that's right.
2: Don't really have shout outs on this uh, front half. Like uh, for stuff that was sent to us, we will get those. But uh, we had some friends of the show message us after I solicited some news, uh, including Caroline Cash. Caroline mentioned that PP Poo Poo 69 is being reprinted and will be out March 1st via Silver Sprocket. So get your orders in via any comic shop, really. And uh, here's a scoop. You ready for this? PP Poo Poo number 420 comes out on 420. So the second issue of the beloved Ignatz award-winning mini comic will be out in April. What's the uh, under over for uh, getting another Ignatz I don't know if she'll get it twice in a row just because of politics. Mm, okay. Yeah, not 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 a not a discredit to Caroline. I just don't. I mean, you know, I'm sure somebody's won back to back, but I feel like it doesn't happen often, or I haven't seen it. So not in the same category, anyways. Maybe this is Alex Knoll's year. Yeah, maybe he's got to keep cranking out uh, the kids with guns and the uh, town and county.
1: Yeah, because uh, I mean he's been in a tight race with Caroline for all
2: kinds of awards. He's going to just go Joker mode one day (laughs) if he loses to Caroline one too many times. (laughs) He's already kind of got the hair for the Joaquin Joker. He's just got to not wash it Mm -hmm. and just uh, become really disgruntled and unstable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Uh, before we get uh, what we're really going to do on the back half of the uh, episode, though, is uh, we're going to cover some news at length. And then uh, we might talk about our favorite moments from the show possibly we'll see what we get into with that but before we do a couple other shout outs here uh beef jams mark uh he sent in a message saying i heard the ink just dried on the contract to keep the santos sisters at floating world for the 2023 season so um that's pretty sick i know issue four will be out in the summer i'm assuming there will be a fifth in this sp- uh, fall or winter and then uh i don't know man maybe you should try to get a bidding war going mark <laughs> see how hot the santos <laughs> sisters are
1: yeah and i'm excited for that to finally get collected
2: too because that will happen i'd imagine. Yeah, I imagine they're going to do five or six, just traditional model, Mm -hmm. and then collect it and yada yada. Big old book of Santos, sisters. Yeah, with some nice uh, newsprint on the inside, hopefully. Oh, yeah. B.D. Davidson uh, said, plug my book. He does have uh, a new book out over at Stranger's gunmetal affair uh, he sent us like uh, the first part a few years ago so it's cool that that's been collected i need to get a copy uh b.h Hamnus said i got a spot at fluke and i'm really excited about it uh shout out to that dude uh, loyal listener but more importantly r.i.p patrick dean uh one of the main organizers of fluke back in the day if i recall correctly
1: that's right yep patrick was always there involved with uh robert who runs the show shout out to robert in athens great fucking guy does a, an amazing zine called uh, Atomic Elbow has been doing oh, that for a while yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's a show that he's always been hitting me up to do, and I just never got around to it. And uh, this year, I promised myself I'd do more shows, and then I forgot to apply to
2: them. So, <laughs> so hey, if you all want to let uh, comics nepotism affect us, the gutter boys, and want to let us into your show, send us a DM uh, <laughs> if you have some tables open. <laughs> yeah,
1: are you planning on traveling this year?
2: I want to do an L.A. show to see my family. Um, I did get an email about L.A. Zine Fest. So Josh Pettinger said. I did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he gave the the listeners a premature scoop saying it was coming back. And then what happened? A few days later, the emails went out mm-hmm. saying it was go- it was back. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. patrons heard it first. Now that said, yeah, I'll probably apply for that show. But besides that, man, I don't know. Maybe SPX. It kind of just depends on like where everybody is You know, Mm -hmm. like, kind of this year, I do plan on putting out at least two comics, maybe three, so I do need to possibly hit the road, but we'll see.
1: I was really hoping to do TCAF at some point. I was supposed to go in 2020, and we all know how that
2: ended up, so... I would love to do that show, but I feel like uh, each year uh, since 2020, they've just been slowly, like, fumbling the bag. You think so? Well, it just seems like they're always, like, mired in controversy, whether it's, like, NFTs or... I don't know. Like, I think the organizers are doing some wacky shit. So, I'll still do TCAF, t- you know, if, if given the opportunity. But
1: yeah, I think that's a show that will continue to be successful regardless of who's organizing it. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: So it's just a yeah. place
1: to go to. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And now that we don't have cake for the most part, I mean,
2: TCAF is pretty much like the show for the for that region at least. You got SPX, I guess. Because how how far is Toronto from Chicago? Maybe
1: maybe six hours. I can't remember the
2: exact. Oh, but I, I mean, that's not bad.
1: People in the city would always drive to t- to yeah. TCAF. So They're,
2: funny story about that. So uh, and then I guess we can get to the back half. But Raziel Puma went to TCAF with uh, Javier uh, and Eric Reyes and they were telling me this story that on the way back from TCAF they were in Eric's car and uh, it started like a torrential downpour and Eric's windshield wipers didn't work so for like hours he had to like lean up and drive and he had to grab like the windshield wiper like reach out of his car grab the windshield (gasps) wiper and manually fuck and the person in the passenger seat was doing the same shit i was like what a horrid fucking ride that's got to be that's- like top five worst <laughs> i've ever heard <laughs> yeah that's that sounds like a nightmare uh, yeah and i was thinking it was like a 15 hour drive so just knowing it was like you know four to six you know i mean don't get me wrong that still fucking sucks but that's right. not as bad as i was thinking it was like over half a day with your arm out the window just so yeah
1: I'm not 100% sure on how long it takes to drive there, honestly, but it can't be that long. If that many people are driving there willingly, I feel like it's not that long.
2: I don't know where, I don't know shit about uh, the layout of Canada. I know Vancouver's on the West Coast, and then, then, yeah, and I know that uh, Jasper told me, I I showed him a band from Winnipeg, and he said, yucks. so I guess Winnipeg's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know shit about Winnipeg, so. Chris Jericho's from there, and Kenny Omega, that's all I know. Well, yeah, other than that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I what, guess, uh, you know.
1: Oh, uh, propaganda's from there, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was going to say, I guess I was going to say good fertile wrestling scene, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All
1: right, since we don't have a guest, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to go into some news and, uh, I don't know, some remember wins about uh, the history of this fucking show or something. I don't know. Uh, so stay tuned or something.
0: We'll be right back.
2: Meow. Sid the Cat magazine is out now. If you've ever been to an amazing rock and roll show and thought, I wish I could experience this moment again, but in comic form, then Sid the Cat magazine is for you. Fiercely independent show promoter Sid the Cat have joined forces with comics journalist Andrew Greenstone to bring you an ongoing publication that documents the SoCal indie rock scene. This stunning 52-page, full-color magazine features comics, articles, photos, and illustrations from a rotating cast of local illustrators and writers. It's a celebration of Sid's artists and venues and supports those keeping the bleeding edge of the indie music scene alive. Our first issue covers musical artists Big Thief, Illuminati Hotties, Mike Kroll, Fucked Up, Finn Lilly, Katie Kirby, Kate LeBon, Cursive, christian lee hudson no win and so many more if you are a fan of comics indie music zines rock reports or community by the way of culture order a copy now at sidthecat.com forward slash sid zine again that's sidthecat.com forward slash sid zine
1: And now a few words from our sponsors, the Santo Sisters.
0: no temás que te matan no son rivales para la hermana Santos El mal con su magia Ellas detendrán No importa el problema En cualquier situación con ellas contarás El crimen no tendrá donde esconderse A plena vista solo son chicas normales Pero cuando los problemas aparecen Son super muy sensuales Santos Las hermanas Santos Como ellas no hay tan tantos, las hermanas santos Como ellas no hay tantos, dispuestos a luchar
1: Athenium Comic Art is an original art website for some of the best cartoonists in the business. They currently represent Remy Boydell, Marie Capelle France, Nicole Gu, Jonathan Hill, Emma Hunsinger, Casey Nowak, Micah Song, and Tilly Walden. Athenium Comic Art gives fans the opportunity to own original piece of art from their favorite comics and support the artists that they love. In their short time in business, they've already shipped many iconic pages out to hardcore fans across the globe. Don't miss out on your chance to own a -a one-of-a-kind piece of history. Check out their website, AtheniumComicArt.com, and type in Guttergang at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order. Again, the website is AtheniumComicArt.com, and the code is Guttergang. loves underground comics? Everybody loves underground comics! And if you know people who don't love underground comics and only read the mainstream comics, immediately report them to your local comic book store and find them with copies of Clusterfux Comics. Clusterfux Comics is a black and white underground anthology comic zine featuring some of the best underground comics creators today. Creators like Cameron Zavala, Eric Jacek, Brian Judge, Miguel Aguilar, Adam Yeeter, Jason Cavelli, Umberto Tonella, Anna Peterson, Tony De Pasquale. Druby Hall, and so many more. Issues one through four are available now, with the fifth issue debuting in early 2023. Purchase your copies today at clusterfuckscomics.bigcartel.com. And that's comics with an X. Clusterfucks Comics. Comics you can clusterfucks
0: with. Morning, Gary. Morning, Marianne. Need a menu? Nah. I'll just have the usual. You sure do love your eggs and coffee, Gary. Best way to start your morning, Marianne. Well, that and an issue of Town & County. What's that? Town & County is a new comic series written and drawn by cartoonist Alex Nall. He's that guy that wrote them books about teaching and that Mr. Rogers feller. Oh, he was such a nice man. The first issue is 36 pages of black and white comic stories with beautiful color covers and features six stories about folks in our little township here in Illinois. Like Susie Barber, the house cleaner that uncovers her client's dirty laundry, if you know what I mean. And Stanley Pepper, that big feller that just lost his job and took to drinking every night at Bugs' Tavern. Well, ain't that something? Town and County is published by Ivy Terrace Press, headquartered in Chicago. Chicago? Who would want to live there? So dirty. Each issue comes with a copy of The Hometown Hero, our little town's newsletter, and it's only $8. $8? Where can I get it, Gary? You can order a copy of Town and County on the internet at storenv slash alexnallcomics. Whoops. Oh. There's your breakfast, Gary. Thanks, Mary Ann. Ah, nothing like a cup of coffee and a good comic book.
1: The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole-surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29. As she travels the ruined world finding ways to survive and help humanity while dealing with the imminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky, her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated way Every issue can be read for free on bustercaglecom comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but, you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out.
0: Now, back to our program.
2: And welcome back from the break. Uh, Today, we are going to cover some news extensively to fill the time for you, the faithful listener. And uh, hey, I did the work. I told you all, you know, I was going to start doing the work on the news. So I'm growing and I've done the work. (laughs) And uh, I guess at the end, we'll wrap up with uh, some memories we have of the show. Now on Instagram, those shout outs to like, uh, you know, Caroline Cash and so forth on the intro, we put up a little uh, questionnaire thing uh, that said, hey, you know, what news or anything like that do you want us to cover? Had a couple people write in, uh, notably Cam Hathaway over at Clusterfuck's. Uh, He wanted us to talk about the DC film slate that got announced. Have you uh, heard much about this with James Gunn taking over? Uh, I think I heard some stuff about it and then I immediately turned my brain off. Oh, don't you worry. I've got it all right here covered for you. So we're going to go through it. I'm going to get your thoughts and uh, we're going to riff. okay? All right. So here's what essentially has happened. Um, I feel like they've done this like 19 times with the DC Cinematic Universe, but it is getting a reboot. And um, they're saying this Flash movie coming out with uh, Ezra Miller in it, um, the alleged criminal Ezra Miller. uh, This film is supposed to reboot everything. And then From the Flash spins off 10 new projects. All right. I guess before we get into this, what are your thoughts on James Gunn? I mean, I guess he got really big off the Marvel shit, but he made that movie Teeth or what was it called? I think Teeth where the chick had like the teeth in her vagina. And that one I don't seat. think that uh, was James Gunn. Was that not him? OK, for I some reason, I, I was thinking think it was so. him. I know he did some like horror stuff before uh, getting into the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff.
1: Yeah, he did, uh, it was like a Shivers type of movie. Oh, Slither, that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I was thinking like Teeth. Yeah, I was like, uh, I guess I saw those movies close to each other or some shit. But um, yeah, he did Slither and uh, he started working apparently with Troma and did Tromeo and Juliet, which I never saw. But late 90s Troma can't really, I mean, did you keep up with that shit? No way it was hitting like the 80s stuff. What do you mean? The Troma Entertainment, like the production company. Were you ever a fan of that stuff, like Toxic Avenger?
1: I mean, I liked the to- the, the first Toxie, but
2: yeah, I, didn't I didn't really
1: didn't care about any anything. of the others. I didn't know
2: if they like fell off in the 90s. I have no context for them in the 90s. Yeah, no. Not, nothing of relevance, I would say. <laughs> gotcha. I did, you know, admittedly, I did like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie when it came out. Um, as in my mid twenties, but I was like, oh, this is kind of like a refreshing, uh, take on this. But then I feel like everybody took that formula and applied it to every comic movie from there on out. And it kind of just got beat to the ground, like that kind of humor and whatnot. But I guess a lot of people are excited about it. Um, but are you kind of just whatever on them or?
1: Uh, I don't care. I don't, I think the last movie he did that was pretty decent was Slither.
2: Hmm. Uh, super was trash. Oh, the fucking movie with the guy from the office. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he made that. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. not a good he movie. He also
1: was a writer on another spoof superhero movie from 2000 called The Specials. I'm pretty sure that uh-huh. has Jamie Kennedy in it. Uh, anyway, that movie's trash, too. Uh,
2: he wrote some so... tweets. I don't know. Did you, did you hear about those? The tweets he no. wrote? No. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, like had some like tweets that he got canceled over. I, don't, I guess it was a couple years ago. Um, they tried to... like Marvel fired him. I don't know if you remember this because he was like tweeting about like pretty much like child rape jokes and shit like that.
1: I vaguely remember this because that was around the time when he got signed to D.C., right?
2: Yes. And he did the suicide squad over there. Looking at a picture of this guy, he looks like a more frail uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. Mm. Um, But he's all gray now. But, um, you know, I guess instead of, you know, fucking keeping you here all day, let's go ahead and get into this pile of shit that's coming, okay? So um, it looks like the projects are split between actual film projects as well as HBO series, which makes sense because he did that whole peacemaker thing. But the only confirmed actors (laughs) for the DC Universe right now, and you have to, you know, think he's probably going to keep John Cena and shit, but the only people that have been announced are uh, the woman that plays uh, Amanda Waller. And then his brother, who was in the Suicide Squad, the ugly motherfucker from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So um, apparently the big like baby of this all is Superman Legacy, which is supposed to come out in July of 2025, which is crazy because that's a pretty short turnaround time to make like a superhero blockbuster, I feel like. That's literally less than two years away. I
1: mean, I think that's a decision from DC and Warner Brothers being like, we need to get
2: this out ASAP. Yeah. Well, check this out. So apparently the lore of the film, and this could be kind of cool, I don't know, but James Gunn posted a picture and it was of him opening All-Star Superman, the Grant Morrison and uh, Frank Quietly book, to the first page Mm -hmm. with his cup of coffee on some LeBron James I'm reading shit. You know, he never gets past the first (laughs) few pages. (laughs) So, uh, but check this out. So All-Star Superman number one. You could find that book in fucking dollar bins, like probably quarter bins. Like they just printed so fucking many. And it was a great book. I mean, it still is a pretty awesome book. That book has fucking skyrocketed because of the speculators market. If you get that thing CGC slabbed and it's like a 9.8 or above, it's a $300 book. And just ungraded, it's $30. So pro tip, comb through those dollar bins hope you don't have an asshole clerk that's like oh these aren't supposed to be in there knowing damn well they've been in there for 10 plus years right but yeah you could literally turn that dollar into 20 or 30 right now uh because of this but uh in an unsurprising turn of events guess what the Superman film is about it's an intro film how Clark Kent became Clark Kent just what we fucking need another retelling of Superman's (laughs) origin
1: i i i'm just so tired of superhero movies yeah man. it's all fucking i just garbage. don't give a shit i just don't care
2: yeah I, I i won't see any of these i haven't watched a single marvel movie since i saw the last spider-man that came out and i watched doctor strange uh on streaming but besides that i think those are the only two i've seen since like the blow-off avengers movie so that's like four years of films that i just have not kept up with and have really no desire to keep up with it's just overkill which is i think Partly, you know, I'm gonna, I kind of have this ordered out, but I do think, you know, I'm gonna ask at the end, you know, the likelihood of what you think all this shit getting made is, which brings you to the second movie, The Authority, uh, which, you know, is gonna be really awesome when, one, if it gets made, I do not see a movie about The Authority getting made. It's the Wildstorm uh, team book that was written by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. So it's gonna be really fucking hilarious when DC has to put up on the screen, like in the opening credits, based on characters created by Warren
0: Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. read the fucking room know. guys like the authority I, I think
1: w- what a weird choice i think they're trying to do what marvel did with guardians you exactly take a team that most people especially casual readers let alone people that don't read comics they don't know anything about them and they're hoping that they can make this movie quirky enough so that people will eat that shit up
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking it was. And it's just like, okay, well, the Suicide Squad is actually absent from this 10 project list, which is crazy. So I don't know if James Gunn is just going to sink his like quirky team movie eggs into that basket, or if you're going to see some kind of weird crossover. But um, that said, Brian Hitch did tweet about this. He quote tweeted James Gunn's uh, post about it and said, it would have been nice if someone told me in regards to the authority uh, being announced. And it's kind of just like, you know, don't get me wrong. You and I are always advocating for creators rights. We think that mainstream comics should give, you know, the creators a fair shake and everything like that. But this kind of irked me because Brian Hitch is one of like the most well known artists of, you know, the 2000s, 2010s in comics. This guy is more than well off, off of comics. I would assume not counting his bag, but you know, let's just, you know, call a spade a spade here. And um, to me, he could have used his platform to try and advocate for creators' rights instead of being like, oh, they're making a movie? Oh, wish somebody would have told me. It's like, dude, you know the score. You've been in this industry for two, three decades at this point. You know, when you sign up for these books at these companies, you don't get fucking royalties. You have no say over the characters anymore. That's just what you unfortunately signed. And I mean, it's just kind of weird to me because to me, I've never really seen Hitch like crying for creator's rights and making it. a Right. You know, so it's like uh, it's a little, little weird that you're going off about this. But whatever, dude, if, if it gets you your clout for the day. What period of time was he the most active? Well, I mean, he was doing the Wildstorm books, but I'm pretty sure he was like a Marvel mainstay doing a lot of their event books and whatnot. So I would say 2000s, 2010s, uh, that guy was doing a lot of work. Yeah. So what movies were out at that point? Like fucking X-Men?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the early
2: 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. The Fox pictures. Yeah. And that was after like multiple failed attempts to get shit going. You know, like you would read right. Wizard Magazine. They'd be like, Hollywood producer is developing this comic. And it's like Gen 13. It's like, yeah, nah, nah, <laughs> that shit ain't coming out. But um, interestingly enough, I guarantee you that Brian Hitch is posting for clout in three years if this movie gets made, which I personally am going to go ahead and put it on Packwatch. I think the authority is going to get the axe because one major thing here that we've forgotten to discuss is this partnership is with Max Warner Brothers HBO. So it's Zaslav, who is like notorious for just cutting shit that costs him money. And we've got this grand plan for a superhero cinematic universe. 15 years too late. I mean, they could just shoot it and then never release it. Just like the Batgirl shit and just yeah. big tax write-off.
1: Yeah, maybe they uh maybe they shouldn't have gone all in on their CW shows. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we'll see we'll see Hitch. I'm gonna go ahead and call it. We'll see Hitch smiling and talking about how proud he is of the authority on the red carpet, just eating shit if this movie gets That's made. That's if
1: he gets invited. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, he'll probably get invited and he'll raise enough of a storm uh, you know, a wild storm up. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I could see them being like, who? Look, man, if, uh, (laughs) what's his dick, Declan Shalvey, or however you say his name, is getting invited to the Moon Knight premiere, yeah, he'll get invited.
1: Yeah, but I I could see that in that case, because, well, one, that guy's not, like, tweeting snide bullshit about a contract he signed. True. And two, Disney is all about, like, the surface level, forward-facing presentation of
2: Disney. You're right. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I don't see DC or Warner Brothers at least making that priority one, inviting some fucking hack artist to some uh, red carpet premiere man if For he doesn't a fucking superhero <laughs> movie are you fucking
2: kidding if me? he doesn't get the uh invite though to the character designs he created that's a major l and that's just as an indication of how hollywood truly feels about uh the actual people that made these things which is very low they don't give a shit but you know hitch is over there crying uh the authority book one has sold out at the distribution level probably the most copies that book has moved uh since the announcement so enjoy your royalties bud
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, third film, Brave and the Bold. This one was weird, okay? So check this out.
1: Wasn't that a cartoon?
2: It was. It was an old uh, mashup comic, too. They would just team up, you know, like two random heroes. It'd be like mm-hmm. Superman and Aquaman, the Brave and the Bold, you know, Batman, Superman. Now, they said that, uh, when I say they, I talk about James Gunn and the producer, a guy named Peter Safran. These guys are in charge of the DC, like, experience, I suppose. But um, they said Superman's going to be in his, like, mid to late 20s, and Batman's going to be a few years older. Um, the reason why I say that is they're going in a weird direction here, and I guess it's kind of cool. They're not doing a Batman origin film. Uh, well, it didn't seem like it. They're going straight into uh, Bruce and Damien, a father and son Batman and Robin in movie one. But the weird thing is is uh, they're saying, uh, I keep wanting to say uh, Gleb, but it's Gleb just drew Damien. They keep saying Damien is gonna be about ten or eleven years old. And if Batman or Bruce is only like in his early thirties, that means this dude had a kid in his early twenties. And I just don't I don't know. That's weird timing. But hey, whatever. Stranger things have happened, I guess. But um I think it's just kinda weird that they're just gonna put Robin in the mix. And like to me, this is a weird move because like Batman and Robin are one of the most, you know, recognizable properties. And it is cool that Damien's gonna be on screen, but introducing him as Robin with no traditional Robin of Tim or Dick, I think that's a weird move, but Uh, This is one that I probably would see, though, because I do see the Batman movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to repeat, I don't care (laughs) (laughs) until we're done with this
2: segment. (laughs) Check this one out. You're really not going to care because I don't. In fact, in the notes, I wrote, cancel it now. Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, it is based off of a Tom King story. So, fuck that.
0: Mm. Yeah,
2: that's going to, I hope, just I just really hope, like, if anything gets canceled on this list that I'm rooting for, it's that one, just because I don't want that little bitch to get a bag from Hollywood. Um, And that's just me being petty. Now, this one could be cool. All right. You may care about this one. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're doing Swamp Thing and it's supposed to have horror elements to it. It is going to be an origin film. That's all they said about it.
1: So I'm guessing they're just like pretending the TV
2: show didn't happen. Yeah. Wasn't there a Wes Craven? Was he on the TV show? Wes Craven did a Swamp Thing, right? No, I'm talking about the recent one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I didn't actually catch that one. It got canceled after a season. I do remember. Yeah, But I do remember people liking it, so... It was all right. Yeah, so uh, they're rebooting that one, and, uh, you know, I'll check that out because I do think Swamp Thing's gnarly. And then, uh, moving on, we're almost done with this, I'll end your misery soon, uh, to the TV show's part. Everything that was just listed above is supposed to be, like, the main five, like, films that are gonna come out. Which is such a fucking weird choice, in my opinion, because, like, I don't know, man. You're going Supergirl, Superman, that's a lot of, like, that's a lot of similarities between the characters. And um, The Authority, yeah, what the fuck. But hey, moving on. uh, Here are the TV shows on the slate. Uh, They're doing Creature Commandos, which is going to be written by James Gunn. Another quirky team squad show, I guess. But check this out. The plot details that were revealed. Amanda Waller puts together a team of monstrous prisoners. So it's literally fucking Suicide Squad. Right. Like god damn like whatever though
1: and they are going to the marvel playbook of just do the same shit again and again and again and again and again
2: and this playbook would have worked for them if they did it at the beginning but i mean like there's just so much content that i mean do you think let let me get through these and then i'll ask you that because i do have i do want to ask like what you think the longevity of this shit is but waller's getting her own show don't really know who wants to watch a cop Forcing prisoners to, you know, do some bullshit. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type shit, which no thanks. Uh, and then Booster, <laughs> Booster Gold is getting a show, and um, it's going to be like a comedic relief type show. I guess uh, James Gunn was like, I want Ant-Man, but here, so let's do Booster Gold.
1: Wait, so this is explicitly comedic compared to all the other shit he's done so
2: far? Yeah, because um, it just said that, like, you know, Booster Gold is a wise cracking, like, you know time traveling crime fighter and like it made so john cena yeah it made an emphasis on you know that he's they're all the same all these
1: fucking characters are the same he can't they cannot make any of these characters differentiate one another it's the same fucking guy over and i don't get it yeah i just don't get it
2: well here's the last show that they've announced and this one if done right or no sorry second to last show but if this one here i'll give them credit if they do this right it could be sick it's called Lanterns. It is described as uh, an enormous, a quote, an enormous TV event series. But it's a buddy cop show in space about a dark mystery. And James Gunn is saying that he wants it to be gritty, like True Detective. Don't know where they're gonna go with that, but that sounds horrible, dude. I yeah, that I, sounds yeah. genuinely <laughs> like the worst pitch
1: I've ever heard DC give. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that sounds miserable.
1: <laughs> a fucking space cop show that's like true detective well, uh, oh my fucking god true detective god.
2: season one was good that's why i was like well hey maybe if they maybe if they do it right but yeah you're right odds are it's gonna be fucking terrible
1: <laughs> like what what would true detective be better be better if they were in like some like spaceship no. and and instead of like being alcoholics they were like abusing uh, some sort of like space alien drug like it's so fucking stupid yeah. i don't understand
2: this well, and that just sounds like a uh, a way what toddler to... is like excited about this. I don't all of Twitter, all of make comic team make comics on Twitter. Um, fucking embarrassing. But it's probably because they just want jobs. Okay, just
1: literally watch anything else. <laughs> I'm fucking begging you guys to just watch anything else but a superhero TV show or a comic movie. <laughs> just I uh,
2: God. All right, last one, and then we'll uh, move on to another news story. They're making Paradise Lost, which is. Set in uh, Themyscira, which I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it's where uh, the island that Wonder Woman is from. But it was not confirmed whether or not Wonder Woman was in it. All that was uh, listed. (laughs) All that was (laughs) all that was listed about this was it is you're going to love this. All right. You ready? Uh Just like, okay, just think about I want you before I say the direct quote of what this is. I -hmm. want you to think about the main fan base that watches this shit.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: Okay, so you can already see the Cheeto dust accumulating on the fingers of what you're imagining. Just just an
1: ocean of soy-facing, yeah.
2: All right, so Paradise Lost is going to be, quote, a drama that focuses on genesis and political intrigue of an island of women. Okay, so this is going to be a Yes Queen show. Uh, it, to me, they were probably just like, hey, let's make Hands Made Tale and Game of Thrones, but with Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, a Yes Queen show for white women. But yes. the thing is, is like all these fucking incel neckbeards are the one that who are going to watch this. There's, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, what percentage of women are watching and keeping up with the DC universe? Here's the thing, though. It doesn't matter. The people that are Yes Queening, whether they be white women or
1: a neckbeard guy, whatever, they're going to watch it. If it's I some sort it of like weird, it, no. If if there's some weird incel, they'll watch it. They'll hate watch it. Ah, so okay, regardless okay. of who loves it and who doesn't, people are still going to watch this trash. The viewership doesn't count who didn't like it and who did. It's all numbers. it's, it's it doesn't it all goes towards the same numbers. It doesn't True. matter. So that one I think has legs just because it has enough there in terms of like culture war stuff that's going on now for it to be successful just on the basis basis of of people willingly going out of their way to tune in, whether they like it or not.
2: That's fair. All right. Well, uh, they did mention, last thing here, and then I'll get some final thoughts on this for you. They did mention that Robert Pattinson's Batman universe is going to still be made, but it's going to come out under a separate branch of DC films called DC Elseworlds. So they're just convoluting shit before they even get it off the ground. DC Elseworlds. Yeah. which Do you remember the 90s comics, the Elseworlds comics? Mm-hmm. They're just non-canon. So essentially that's, hey, this movie's not canon. It's just- So I'm guessing the Joker movies are that too? Yeah. I'm going to assume that the the new musical one coming out might have the DC. That That surprisingly was not in any kind of press release that I read. And I don't know if that's just because it's completely separate announced. and been announced. Yeah. But um, yeah, I imagine that they would say it's an Elseworlds story. Because they could always fucking do the bullshit where, like, they open the multiverse and then they can have the crossover. Like, they could always do that like they wanted to down the line, even with those Elseworld characters. It's such a cop-out.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they're safe regardless of what they do. If if all of these movies tank, it doesn't matter because they can reboot everything because they have Flash. That's the whole point of Flash as a character in all these comics. I'm not even talking about the movies, but in the comics, he pretty much existed solely so that they could just fucking reboot anything they wanted that they weren't happy with. Yeah. Or wasn't performing, or they lost uh, the creative that actually guided the ship in a good direction. They'll just reboot it. Doesn't fucking matter. Every time. And I honestly, I think this is a peek into what's to come with all the Marvel bullshit too. We're going to see 20, 30, 40 new movies, new TV shows. And then they're going to reboot all of it and start all over again. And it's just going to be on and on. A cycle of just non-stop fucking horseshit Until finally, finally they'd start losing money.
2: Well, that, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you. Like, what percentage of this stuff do you think will get made? Because, like, I personally, I mean, you you do have the variable of that Zaslav guy who doesn't like spending money. And he wants cheap content that will, you know, he he wants reality shows, essentially, because they're cheap to produce. And yep. millions and millions and millions of people watch it. And he's, you know, he put Batman.
1: Why not make a DC reality
2: TV show? Yeah, for real. At that point, just, like, cosplayers, you know, <laughs> like, whatever.
1: Cosplayers or people, like. You know, like this guy's Bruce Wayne and, you know, like this guy's Clark Kent and look at them get into wacky, uh, cause all of the reality TV shit's not real anyway. It's all staged. There's, there's a script. Yeah.
2: The, working at the Daily Planet. It's a, it's the office. That's, that's my pitch for James oh, Gunn. Fuck. The Daily Planet sitcom, but it's the office. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I want money if this happens, cause it probably will. But, um, no, I really don't think, I'm going to say that 50 to 60% of this Gets out of the gate, and then I don't know if there's going to be a second phase because I think that they're going to sink. This is literally this has to be over a billion dollars worth of production cost sure. here, and I don't see yeah. them recouping that in today's new world where box office performance is just down because everybody would rather, work for, would rather wait for streaming. Sometimes they do same day release on streaming, you know, and they're also mm-hmm. planning on half of this stuff being miniseries that's on the HBO Max platform, so. Sure. I, I, I just don't see all this getting out of the gate. I think that, you know, we're in this echo chamber on Twitter where everybody's excited about this shit, but, and I mean, yes, the Marvel movies are still doing well. Are they? I think, I mean, aren't, didn't, uh. I don't think
1: any of the new Marvel stuff has hit numbers the way Infinity War or Endgame No, did. no,
2: but I mean, I think it still is warranting enough, you know, to keep production going. Uh,
1: probably, but I don't think by much, man, at yeah, this point. we'll see,
2: I mean, they're about to put Ant-Man out. But um, Marvel's smart because they have 10 years worth of fan base to cultivate from who are already this much invested in their shit that I feel like Marvel, the reason you're asking people to sign up for a lot of shit with this new DC initiative. And um, I just don't know if the interest is going to be there. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. You seem to think that this is the future of cinema, not in a good way, but that it's yeah. just going to keep happening. It's just going to keep going until
1: they, they finally hemorrhage money.
2: Yeah, which you know, like I said, I think this costs over a billion dollars between all these projects, and I, I don't know, man, that's a big price tag to have to recoup your expenses on, especially with half of that being on a streamer. Right. Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. I don't so know. I also yeah, don't tune care. In, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, right. Tune in. We'll <laughs> uh, we'll we'll check up on this in uh, twenty thirty six when we're making three hundred dollars a month on Patreon. I'm sure they'll last
1: longer than Deadly Prey did, or Deadly Class, <laughs> or Deadly Class, or whatever that fucking book was called. Yeah. All right, another other news from Bleeding Cool, DC Comics cut pay for writers on event crossover comics? Question mark? Terrible headline. Great God journalism. God comics journalism. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, DC Comics published plenty of event crossover comic books, but it seems that some new payment policies for those working on them have not gone over well. Bleeding Cool gets the DC Comics gossip coming out of the Pasadena Comic Con from a very reliable source that involves event crossover comics. Uh, something that have become more and more popular of late, where a story is told over multiple ty- titles and spin-off co- man, we know what a fucking goddamn. And it, I man. don't know if those have become very really...
2: popular as of late. Rather, DC just likes making money from the marks that'll follow the whole story.
1: Well, I was gonna say, like, they've been doing this yeah marvel refuse. and dc have been doing crossover stories for decades now so i don't know where they're getting this as of late they've become very popular like what? what are you talking about anyway yeah all right uh rather than editorial it's a creative team uh guiding these uh these ongoing stories where you have multiple titles multiple books multiple one-offs all somehow leading to the same story uh that's usually very convoluted and no one gives a shit about it's been working for TV. Now comics are doing the same. Dude, they, again, this person has like never consumed media before. I don't understand. Okay, anyway, except maybe not for some of the creators. We've heard there are complaints from writers who have discovered that after writing such a spin-off book for a DC Comics event, they are then told... That their agreed amount to write the book will be cut, halved in some cases, as the fee has to be shared with the instigator and showrunner of the event.
2: Yes. So, essentially... Wait, they
1: call these... Wait, 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 wait. wait. When they're saying instigator and showrunner...
2: They're literally bringing book, the worst part of TV into comics writing, is what DC is doing. That's what that article is saying. Yes.
1: So, they have <laughs> they have a team
2: of people, or is it singular... No. So here's how it works. Like, uh, from my understanding of this article is that writers are essentially getting a pay cut and making half of their rate. And, you know, we dog on writers here, but like they have more than enough money to pay the writers plus pay the quote unquote showrunner. So let's say just for examples purpose, uh, James Tyre Iron or Donnie Cates or Scott Snyder is writing like a big crossover book that is, let's just say Batman, but it's going to take place over eight DC titles. Okay. Scott Snyder writes, like, the main story, like, oh, well, here's everything that needs to happen. And then, you know, he can't write eight comic books a month, so they might put on, you know, Robin that month, some writer. And then, but it's going to have a banner at the top that says, you know, whatever saga part, whatever. So, essentially, everybody is going to be reporting to Scott Snyder in this hypothetical situation, like all the writers. But he's getting more of a bag because it's his story that he's delegating work for the other issues to other writers does that make sense so they've
1: all right so that's the show
2: runner. that's the showrunner so like the, the event writer architect guy the guy who came up with the whole concept so essentially like these writers instead of dc just saying hey you know you're coming up with this event that's going to boost sales here's a bonus they're literally just like hey these other writers since they didn't come up with the idea fully we're going to give them half as much and you're just going to get that other half <laughs> as the showrunner <laughs> So the craziest part about this, though, is like, you know, one, it's like it is crazy that it's even happening. But like like I said, DC has more than enough money to pay everyone all around. Like they literally have enough money to just give that, you know, showrunner, quote unquote, a bonus. It's insane to me that this is even fucking happening. And the fact that like apparently there was something else later in the article where if I'm not mistaken, it says that. Ch- these changes will go into effect even if you had like a contract or a previous rate if you're not the main author on the book yeah
1: so what do they have to sign new contracts?
2: I'm guessing so but a, a really funny part about this is they said that the reason one of the reasons that was listed in this article for um the purpose of the showrunner making more is because they know the ins and outs and the intricacies of the story that others may not know so this brings up the question what the fuck are you paying the editors for <laughs> like, They're middlemen. Yeah, you are literally saying, Hey, our editors are fucking worthless, so we're gonna take money from the writers and give it to this main writer because he has to oversee all of your books because the editors don't know fucking shit.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) the editors keep getting the same amount of money. To fucking dick off on Google and tweet and tweet, I guess. (laughs) I yeah. I don't know. That's wild. Well, what's even funnier is when the article mentions how some writers are actually pleased
2: with this deal. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Which
1: is like the most unsurprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yes, sir. Please, more
2: gruel. Thank you. Oh, you know, well, like I, I could take three hundred to type a page. That's cool. You know, I, I was getting six, but it's pretty easy work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, And I also do love that at the end, they had to add a little addendum update that like, oh, well, uh, just for the record, uh, Mark Wade and uh, 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 Gene uh, Luen Yang are not taking advantage of their team.
2: Oh, so Mark Wade was like, people are going to think this is me. What what have you done in the past, Mark? (laughs) 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 Right. Other than write shit comics, what have you done? Isn't Mark like overseeing humanoids right now? The fuck? Like, this Uh, is a DC thing. So, yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah, one more news story, um, and then uh, we'll work on getting out of here. This one is actually short. Has to do with uh, Bad Idea, and this is just, they're just up to some fucking crazy shit. You know, we've kind of covered them on and off on the show when Ramon's on, but this came across my desk. So, you know, they're, they're antics. They're filing for bankruptcy
1: finally? or No, going
2: no. On? So, they, um, this is pretty much just me getting your read on I'm going to list some of their recent publicity stunts and just getting your read on whether you think this is a cool approach to distributing comics or not. But Bad Idea recently did some bullshit where they made a certain comic available, but only at select stores. So like, even if you were a Bad Idea store, it didn't necessarily mean you had the comic. So right. like, literally like just alienated their marketplace. They were just like, hey, if you just happen to live in one of these luck of the draw cities that has this comic, cool, go get it. They are notorious for doing shit like this. Super limited stuff. Like, if you found Matt Kent at a uh, Comic-Con and you said a certain phrase to him, he would give you a zine that was limited to 25. And Bad Idea is all about, like, no reprints and shit, right? So, the fan community has, of course, went to bootlegging these comics and running their own zines. But because Bad Idea is so, like, wacky with the shit that they do, people thought that Bad Idea made these bootlegs. Okay. Okay. Turns out Bad Idea is trying to recall the bootlegs, but also this... Re- How do they recall something they didn't So produce? they are saying for every, and this is you know where our listeners can take advantage, somebody slick here is going to listen here and with okay. a wink and a nudge, listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying to do this, but just whatever you take away from this, Bad Idea says if you turn in one of these bootleg comics to them by mailing them to an address, which if you just Google Bad Idea bootleg, I'm sure it'll come up, they will give you a $50 check as well as a $100 Bad Idea gift card to their web store to get their comics. Okay. So I guess if you turn in these comics, they're paying you to do so, which kind of weirds me out because I'm like, why would you pay money to get these off the streets? Who gives a fuck? Like, right. it makes me kind of think maybe it is them. You know, and they're saying, oh, it's not us. In fact, here's a campaign where we want them off.
1: Wait, is it 50 per comic that gets turned in or just a bulk flat fee?
2: They said if you send one to us, 50 But I think they would catch on if you sent them 100 copies of a bootleg and they would probably pinpoint you as the bootlegger at that point. But, you know, just uh, multiple names on the same address. Hope they don't pick up on it. And uh, you might be able to get yourself a small fortune. But speaking of small fortune, did you see the Bad Idea Kickstarter? No. Okay, so Bad Idea did a Kickstarter. Why are they doing Kickstarters now? So they funded it. This was a few months ago. It got funded. I think Ramon's book was in the mix and issue one of that came out. But pretty much they just... So they're broke. They set it up as just like a subscription. It was like, hey... No, they're broke.
1: They're no, 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 no. I can't say for sure, but one of the... That's, That's some broke shit right there. Well, they made like... If you're running a major publisher and you're like paying out people and people are like globbing onto you for payouts that are like, oh, they're above industry standards... So why, why do you need to kickstart a, a bunch of books, or hey, a bunch of titles? Fair point.
2: Fair point. But the weird thing about this Kickstarter was it made like $160,000, so they're fine. But the main goal, you know, you can like set stretch goals and everything. They asked for $2.6 million. And what would they do with this $2.6 million? They said that they would close shop. Buy a child. No, they said they would close shop and cancel all titles and not even put them out. So I guess the company evaluation of Bad Idea Comics is two point six million. So, um, so they're they're begging for a buyout, essentially. But they only made like one hundred and sixty k. So I guess these books are gonna get made. But also the tone that the Kickstarter had was like, oh, since you guys don't like us so much, put your money where your mouth is and pay for us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so it's kind of like tongue in cheek, but also like like you said, I think if that number was reached, they couldn't really go back on it. I mean, they could. It's not like a legally you know binding document or anything like that a kickstarter campaign but
1: but yeah but also like why would you give them money if you don't care about their books
2: right like are they expecting like some, even some reverse like psychology on some comics gay shit where people give money because man
1: they've been spending time with ramon too much <laughs> that that, <laughs> that kind of move does not work i'm sorry So, uh,
2: yeah, so I guess my, you know, I just wanted to kind of give an update on some of their recent antics, and as a whole, do you like the Bad Idea distribution model, like as quote-unquote disruptors of the industry? I, I seriously do not care. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think it's different. It's novel enough.
1: I'm like beyond indifferent about that.
2: Yeah. It gets people talking, I guess, but I just feel like it's, I mean, they say the whole marketing thing behind it is, I mean, the name is Bad Idea, like, None of this is supposed to make sense, but it's like, man, you're wasting a oh, lot of wacky. money on a bit. <laughs> they're, they're such a wacky publisher. Yeah, it's a lot look of how, money. Look
1: how quirky they are, bro. They want you to pay them $2.6 so they can close shop. Look how wacky they are, dog.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I think it's cool to hear about. I have no problem getting Ramon's book, which is the only one that I'm really interested in at the moment. Um, I stopped buying them to speculate on because that market f- fell out. Maybe that's something they're aware of, too. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, they have to be. I mean, yeah. yeah, so... But yeah, so I guess that does it for news. And um, I guess before we head home, we should uh, talk a little bit about uh, some fond memories of this show. Any, uh... uh
1: none whatsoever.
2: Yeah, none at all. None. Fuck,
1: fuck this show. If
2: anything, like, it just stresses me out because I have to record every week. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. The friends we've made along the way have been great. Fuck them too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It really is. I, I think if you're you a, listening to this. Fuck you.
2: I think you had a better experience with it at a short run. Did I? Well, no. As I'll far as all like, those people, as far as meeting the fans, like uh, fuck them. I haven't really been at a show to meet fans except for the first retreat show.
1: They're dead to me. They're all dead to me.
2: Drew Hell has a new comic out. Uh shout out to that guy. He brought me a Batman Forever Cup. That was a good that was a good memory from the show. Yeah, what what cup did I get? Nothing.
1: Fuck Yeah, you through. didn't get. Hey,
2: you gotta talk about what cups you want on the show, man. That you gotta put that shit out.
1: <laughs> I said. I already said. I made it very clear what cups I wanted. So fuck all of
2: you. <laughs> uh do you have any favorite episodes when you look back? No, some fun ones, no? Absolutely not. Well, my fun one, uh, you know, if the show ended after Jaime Hernandez, I would have been cool with that. I would have been content. There's really no one else. Not to, you know, shit on anybody, but that was like my my bucket list guest. So uh, me personally, you know, I've done everything I can with the show. Yeah, everything from here on out, it's just uh, work at the dick sucking factory.
1: Oh, true. My bucket list guest is a gun in my <laughs>
2: mouth.
0: <laughs>
2: you know that when uh, Kevin Soul Nash slip. was talking about this on his podcast and Twitter yeah. expressed, you know, some outrage, and they were just like, "Please, Kev, reach out for help if you need it." Our Twitter uh, crowd is going to tell you to shoot yourself. So <laughs> do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> Wait, why was Kevin? Uh, what was wrong with his, Kevin? Because his
2: son died. And, oh, like, yeah. He was just like talking. He was like, Well, it's the 12th week without my boy. And he was like, Damn, you know, This morning I had a gun in my mouth. But he was like joking. Sure. Yeah. Like, because he had to, he, <laughs> yeah. he, but like, he had to like come out and be like, guys, I'm going to the gym. It's leg day. He was like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. He was like, thanks for the concern. He Classic. goes, but you can't take away my coping mechanism, which is sarcasm. <laughs> so it's like, hell yeah, big Kev. No, I mean, yeah, shit. Those were good times. Yeah, I, I genuinely do like talking to our guests. I like talking to you. It gives us a reason to talk every week. And that's great. The friendship, is it, though. Yeah, the friendship I've had with you <laughs> is probably the best thing this show has given me. Not even Hell trying true. to be lame. Okay. Uh that's cool. And then uh I like the Akira Yoshida episodes. I think those are classics. Like yeah. that was really good work. That it's it's you know, we're we're both posters and I think that's our finest work <laughs> that we've done on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say the drops on, on that first episode with Akira were, were pretty funny. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Who's your favorite guest other than Jaime?
2: Uh, Zirit is always great to talk to. I wish we could have had him back. That's just off the top, just because he's just as funny.
1: Well, we did, and then we lost We both lost,
2: Because <laughs> 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 fucking
1: recording programs and power outages.
2: You know, as much as I hate it, I do like the synergy that we have with, uh, Mexflintayo. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been, like, a good thing that's come from this, despite, you know, um, uh, truly bad blood between the podcasts at times. <laughs> um... <laughs> I guess they're okay, but no, I mean, really, I guess just the fact that we're able to somewhat monetize this, and uh, I get to talk shit with uh, a friend of mine on a regular basis. Look, is, guys, yeah. if you guys hate me, prove it. Two point four million to the
1: two point four million. <laughs> that's our new goal on on Patreon. If you if you pay us two point six million a month,
2: brother, I'll be out of your life for good. Yeah, you'll never hear from us again. In fact, yep. We will give all of the files to Katie Skelly for safekeeping, and yeah. um, if Thick Lines ever wants to upload the Gutter Boys archive behind their paywall, that's fine. We no longer own it. Two point four million will get you true. all that. Yep, yep. So put your money where your mouth is, folks. Actually, two point three million. Let's let's go under. Bad idea. We want to get funded first. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Damn. We you gotta, know what I we do with, Think strategic. Even after taxes, we'd have like seven hundred thousand dollars. You know what I do with seven hundred thousand dollars? Not be on here for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Would it really be that much? Well, okay. So let's just say we got 2.3 million. Sure. So you split that Mm -hmm. and you, let's just say 1.1 million. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say you're going to take 600, 700,000 home.
1: Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. So six to seven
2: each. Each. Yeah. yeah, I thought you
1: meant flat. Okay.
2: No, no. Each. We'd each make right under a million. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll gladly take 700K.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd be able to pay off my student loans and have fuck money. I'd buy a house, yeah. a car, my student loans, and still have fuck money. So I'd buy a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't shoot myself. I would just shoot people that came up to my house. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. All right. Well, you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? Happy anniversary, I guess. Um, maybe five. We'll, we'll call it a day. Maybe. I think it might be sooner than that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see.
1: We still have. Uh... Episode One double coming up,
2: yeah, w- once we clear a hundred mentally, it's like, okay, we did the thing, yeah, right, right. We made it to a hundred, but um, no, I mean, honestly, as long as you all still want it, I mean, I feel like our quote unquote fan base is still passionate and likes us, so um, as long as there's money, which it's getting to the point where. You all need to step it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Y'all some fake fans right now. I'm, Even I'm though getting pretty
1: sick of these fake fans.
2: I got to say, I think we're still a top grossing of all the Indie Comics podcasts. Really? Um, yeah, I think so. Damn. So we appreciate it. Um, but, you know, it, your support is very much but so appreciated. But we bite the
1: hand that feeds, so...
2: Yeah. This give them up <laughs>
1: yeah. give, empty out those pockets bitch
2: it is kind of amazing that
1: you know you love it pay pigs
2: yeah it, it is amazing <laughs> that we've had people stick with us through it all oh sure yeah like and it's great well not all not well no but i mean <laughs> I, i'd say our turnover turnover rate's about 20 percent on patreon sure sure so like i i would say that like most people know we're not serious about this shit. And the people that do cancel the fucking angry messages are so fucking funny. So be, yeah, it's worth it. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you paid us, man. That, the yeah. Joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, You know, there's a
2: request <laughs> refund button and I would have gladly given you that shit. To be honest, <laughs> fuck off. Ugh, yeah. five dollars no we're here begging because we don't have seven hundred dollars yeah, so yes right, please right, give us five dollars right. no
1: <laughs> all right yeah so four years of this shit and uh, it's all led up to this folks this is this is your end game and uh i'm gonna go ahead and snap my fingers and finally put an end to this shit
2: just kidding we're still here but hey if that patreon doesn't have a thousand dollars in it by december <laughs> show's over <laughs> <laughs>
0: you think you're joking half
1: true let me let me let me tell you something something (laughs) (laughs) come here (laughs) I need my fucking
0: money (laughs) where's the fuck you're supposed to be fucking earners (laughs) and I don't want to hear about the fucking economy either I don't want to hear it
2: (laughs) all right stay gutter